Welcome to the Interabang Room. I'm your host, Doug Witherup. I am here with John Hernandez and Zach Witt from our Multiply family of churches. This is the podcast where we have no special talent, but we are passionately <laughs> curious. Listen, here's the premise today. We're going to spend today's episode talking about the power of choice, the power of choice. So here is the premise that I don't always choose what happens to me, but I do choose how I respond. I don't always choose what happens to me, but I do choose how I respond. I think it's important that you understand that we are taping this episode in the middle of COVID-19. So it is it is April the 28th of 2020, where as good Americans, where we were raised on, you can choose anything. We have less choices today than yeah. we probably ever have in our entire life. We're, we're not used to that as Americans. Like, I can choose whatever I want. I choose what store I go to, what I eat, if I can go to a park, if I can go to out, outside or not, and we're living under more control um, from our government. That's not a political statement. That's just a statement. Like we have less choices today than we ever have. Like this is, this is, fellas, this is the nation of Cold Stone. So you walk in Cold Stone Creamery <laughs> and you not only have a menu, you can make whatever you want out yeah. of your ice cream. Quick, John, you're walking in, don't think about it, but you're walking in Cold Stone right now. What are you ordering? It's a nice spring day in Carolina. Strawberry blonde. Okay. It's not even close. Strawberry blonde, and that's uh, graham crackers, yep. strawberry, yep. Uh, buttercream. Not that I visit. I'm about to say, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. What else is in that? I, I throw a little bit of cheesecake chunks. Of course. Because why not? And uh, and I do. Uh, I always do the sugar cone, the waffle cone bowl thing, just yeah. because that's of the Lord. Yeah. A little bit of crunch. A little bit of crunch right yeah. at the end too, because you get all the ice cream yeah. up, but then the ice cream has been situated in the bowl so that the, it's a little soggy. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ah, it's perfect. It's perfect. Zach spent it. a year doing the whole thirty. And a terrible so, decision. <laughs> that wasn't one of your <laughs> best was, decisions no. ever. Good discipline. Terrible decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no. It wasn't a good idea. <laughs> but but you're free in 2020. I'm free. You still eat good, I'm but a, you're free. I'm free. So you're walking in Cold Stone. What are you uh, ordering? I'm getting cake batter. I'm a, I'm a mixed guy, so yeah. I don't get anything on the menu. I get cake batter. Okay. Throw some vanilla wafers and some Kit Kats there in it. There you go. Come on. And I'm weird. I'll either put like some chocolate drizzle or a peanut butter drizzle on top. So that that's kind of that's kind of my go-to. Peanut butter's a win. Yes, especially oh, yeah. hot melted peanut butter. So I'm the guy that I walk in Cold Stone every time, every time. I read every menu option. I look at all of the things and I order the same thing. It's the apple pie a la mode. That's my go-to. Absolutely amazing. But so think about it. you have all of those choices and all of a sudden, all of a sudden you got one ice cream, no toppings, no whipped cream, no sprinkles. No cheesecake, no, no nothing you have. So that's what, that's kind of what it feels like is that we don't have a lot of choices right now. But again, just this idea of, I, I don't always choose what happens to me, but I do choose how I respond. Let me go a little bit on a, on a tangent here. I think this is an important uh, statement. 
just as we navigate a crisis. Um, and this is true in, in uh, any area of life, but I think it comes to the surface during this time. I would say this, don't confuse recency with relevancy. Don't confuse recency with relevancy. And what I mean by that is, look, there's a lot of blogs out there. There's a lot of opinions out there. But sometimes the best thing that you can do when it comes to how to navigate current events is to get perspective by uh, Joseph Phillips uses this phrase, read some dead guys. Yep. Right. Read some. What dead guys are you reading? Which which just means this. Not every not everything that you face in life is the first time that it has been ever uh, that it has been faced in the history of ever. So, like, for instance, when we're navigating through our current political climate, I just finished reading Sir Edmund Burke, his treatise on the French Revolution. And it's about 80 pages and it's not easy reading, but it feels like that Burke could have been writing in 2020 to the <laughs> Democratic or the Republican National Convention. Like it's that, it feels that relevant, but it's not recent. Um, so that's my segue into talking about this guy. Um, Victor Frankl, Victor Frankl, Zach, you and I were talking about um, this book. The book is called Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankl. The last name is spelled F-R-A-N-K-L, if you're searching for that on Amazon, but you said this is a cover to yeah. cover book. What do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So I think that the way that he uh, goes through his Holocaust experience, but then on the back end of the book, uh, coming out of the Holocaust and some, just the stories that are in it. It's one of those things that when you're reading it, you, you forget almost that, man, this happened not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, these are real stories. Right. And so to think of someone going through, he talks about his wife a lot through his Holocaust experience um, there's one story that he mentioned. He was kind of digging uh, a trench, and on the other side of the berm, he knew that's the area that his wife was taken. Right. But he didn't know if she was alive or not. And just uh, seeing his thought process through that, and and how he came to this uh, question of man's search for meaning through his stories. Yeah. It makes you one read it cover to cover, but two not want to put the book down. Yeah, absolutely. So the book is Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl. We're talking about just the power of choice. So how do we navigate when choices are taken from us? And that'll put it that'll put it in perspective real quick, right? Of like, um, is COVID nineteen bad? Yes. Um, is it Holocaust bad? If you're in Auschwitz, probably probably not, right? So. Um, and, and that could that could be perspective too, because I, I don't have a relative in the hospital, and I'm not, or I'm not currently in the hospital. So a lot of things are are perspective. But Frankel Frankel says this. He says everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of human freedoms, the freedom to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, and that was not written from the lecture hall of a classroom, from the comfort of a couch. That phrase was written from Auschwitz. You can take everything from me. You can take my dignity, you can take my wife, you can take my family, you can take my job, but you cannot take my power to choose hope, the power to choose hope. So, um, Frankel kept himself alive by summoning basically these two thoughts. The first thing was thoughts about his wife mm -hmm. and the prospect of seeing her again. 
Um, the second was he started dreaming about lecturing after the war on these psychological lessons to be learned from Auschwitz. So, so family and job, family and job. Um, I'm going to get to get to Zach and John in just a second, but um, I think setting this up is really important. So I'm going to take a little bit more time, fellas, to set this up than maybe I normally would. Um, there are three. So, so this all comes down to when you're navigating crisis, right? Which we're in the middle of. All of us are navigating a crisis right now. Um, a lot of this comes down emotionally to just the idea of what is at its core, at its core, what is the meaning of life? And there are three possible frameworks that you can choose, um, maybe more, but historically, these are the three main major frameworks of which just what is the meaning of life? The first is, is Freudian. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the meaning, the meaning of life is a quest for pleasure. The meaning of life is a quest for pleasure. That's Freud. The second comes from Alfred Adler, a guy named Alfred Adler. And he says that the meaning of life is a quest for power. And I think that we could probably safely argue that the last hundred years of American life, that's been our it's quest. Pleasure and power, pleasure and power. I could, I could probably overlay that and just and even say that on. We'd like to think that as the church, we're different. Mm. Um, as Christians, we're different. I think that you could argue very easily that a lot of that mindset has just infiltrated the church and Christianity as a whole. My Christian life is about a quest for power and a quest wow. for pleasure. Frankel, it may be time to listen to a dead guy. Yeah. It may be time to listen to a guy with a little bit of perspective. He says, this is the meaning of life from a guy that's been through Auschwitz, from a guy who survived the Holocaust. He says, this is it. Life is about a quest for meaning. Life is about a quest for meaning. Can your, does your worldview and does your theology make sense of suffering and, and death? Um, and he saw this playing out, so, so Frankel was a believer, but he saw this playing out practically in three areas. Um, the first one was work, so doing work that matters. The second was in the area of love, so caring for another person. You saw that earlier and just how Frankel got through it. How did he get through it? Thinking about his wife, about the possibility of being reunited, yeah. and thinking about what am I going to do with my life? What, am I, what work that matters am I going to do mm -hmm. on the other side of this? So number one, work. Number two, love. And three is having courage during difficult times. Other, in other words, um, I'm not just suffering to suffer, but my suffering has a purpose. I'm, I'm developing fortitude. I'm becoming stronger. My faith is growing. I'm going to be better on the other side of this. So John and Zach, um, let's talk about just the, the person that's sitting at home, the person that's listening to this podcast, and we're walking through a national pandemic. Our choices have largely been taking from, taken from us. Um, so we're navigating a reality where we have less choices today than ever before, but we, do, we still have the power to choose hope. And specifically in the areas of family and work. So dreaming dreams for your family on the other side of this. Dreaming dreams for work on the other side of this. John, what do you dream for your family on the other side of this? What, 
What are what what are the some things that you dream for the boys for for Jess? Like, what does family life look on the other side of this? Yeah, so there's some there's some simple dreams. Um, you know, one of the focuses of my home, of course, is education for my boys. And one of my dreams is that this is not a setback, but rather an opportunity to kind of move move them forward a little bit in their educational journey. Um, you know, there's some challenges there, but the the hope is that this time in the house doesn't stunt their development, specifically when it comes to reading and yeah. math and things of that nature, some of those simple educational elements. Um, I, I am dreaming um, e for even a stronger family bond. Um, oh, yeah. You know, we we have noticed the, um, the, the amount of hurry that's in our lives collectively. I think everybody is coming to the understanding of what the amount of hurry that was in everybody's life. The amount life. of what? Hurry, 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 hurry up. Hurry? Hurry. Hurry, hurry is like what's on <laughs> my chin. <Yeah. laughs> there, there is still some Connecticut in John. Yeah, some A Beth little bit. New Bedford, yeah. But I think we've all recognized the amount of, of rush yes. and, and hurry Absolutely. that we've had <laughs> on, on the before this. Yeah. And just kind of sensing in my gut um, that what God wants to do through this is uh, calm us to the point that we recognize that some of that hurry was um, unnecessary. Mm, yeah. How to navigate an, the new normal with more margin so that we can do the things that are necessary to create that that healthier family dynamic. So, so when so when we talk about generations and like generations, each generation has their defining moment that this I remember that you the World War II yeah. generation. Um the generation that we remember all of us 911, mm -hmm. you know, shaped and formed by that. This is probably going to shape Gen Z. No doubt. This is going to shape your boys. How do you see this shaping Gen Gen Z? And maybe for the for the for the better. Like what's on the other side of this for Gen Z? Yeah, again, I think it's pace. I mean, when you really think about it, we put kids on treadmills. I heard that this week. Wow. Um, I heard that this week. I think it was uh, Francis Chan, who's not dead, but um, good. <laughs> Smart dude. Smart dude. I'm yeah. going to put him as a, yeah, I'll yeah. read Chan cover to cover. Yeah. yeah. But um, he was talking about how within the context of culture, we put kids on treadmills. They have to accelerate educationally. They have to accelerate. And the uh, idea is, man, the way that he put it was brilliant. Um, the objective is get them to a point where they can just run fast so that they can get in the best high school that'll help them run fast to get them in college so that they can run fast and get a great career where they run fast so that one day they can help their kids run fast. Wow. And I do think there's a danger in fatigue. So I do think that this is going to shape a generation to say we don't have to navigate the same pace. And by the way, we can be just as productive. Come on. So I think... Even to, to kind of move into that question about us as a church and work and, and all that, I do think there's a big question that we'll ask on the other side of this. What's essential and, and what does it take to be productive? And those two questions will guide the next generation, not just as far as age, but I think all of us will yeah. be marked different and say things like, no, I don't, I don't have to do A, B, C, and D to accomplish that task or to be productive as it pertains to what you know, my, my job or what God is asking me to do. So 
So, so Frankel says, get through crisis by dreaming about families. Like, what yeah. do you dream? What are you dreaming for Piper on the other side of this? Two, yeah. Your two-year-old. Yeah, right? my two-year-old. I, you know, so before before I could begin to dream for the future of, of my family, we talk about this a lot. Before you can dream for the future, you have to take care of your past. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so Frankel actually he wrote this. He said, when we're no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. Wow. Uh, so. Man, I can I can dream for my family and I can dream for Piper, but I have to change what I'm pouring into her. Mm. I, I have to change what she sees. Mm. Uh, I've mentioned this uh, maybe in a conversation with you guys. Um, it kind of caught my attention when my two-year-old daughter is walking around the house asking for her cell phone. She's got a little toy phone. And she's like, look, I'm like daddy. I'm like daddy. And, and so it kind of it caught my, do I want my daughter growing up? you know, attached to a device because she sees me attached to that device. And, um, you know, I, I've mentioned Carol Dweck a lot. I, yeah. I love, I love her stuff. We'll, um, we'll do an episode on just that. That's on another cover I will cover. probably like insert this in every, yeah. everything that we talk about. Why? Because I really believe you win between your ears. Absolutely. You, you win with your mindset. Um, so having to change the way that you even view adversity, uh, university of Buffalo did a study on uh, kids who had major adversities uh, in their childhood. Um, I had some major adversity in my childhood, but what the study showed was those kids or those adolescents that faced that adversity and had a positive mindset towards it and overcame it actually had more success in life. So adversity isn't a setback. Adversity actually propels you forward uh, when you approach it with the right mindset. Uh, so uh, I see you kind of nodding. Yeah. Yeah, Well, just like, isn't that just every parent and we're all parents, like, but we all need to hear that because we were raised in the parenting mindset to where, uh, society told us as parents, shield your kids, protect your kids, hover over your kids, protect them, protect them, protect, protect them. When every, every single study I have ever read says, that that harms kids. Yeah. It's the kids that go through adversity. So for the parent that's, oh my goodness, my kid is going to be forever scarred by COVID in a negative way. No, they're not. Right. Not if we use this as an opportunity to teach them how to handle adversity yeah. and how to get stronger. Another another great book along that subject is, um, I, I'm forgetting the author's name, but it's The Blessing of a Skinned Knee. The blessing of a skin knee, and she takes it. She's a uh, uh, she has a Jewish faith and a Jewish background, um, but then converted to uh, or accepted Christ out of that. But she goes deep into like the Hebrew culture of how uh, that was the blessing of a skin knee when you're raising. They wanted their kid. Yeah. They didn't want to shoot. They didn't want their kids always to be the star on the uh, always get chosen for the lead role in the school play and have the highest batting average and be the, the, you know, have the most points in the basketball yeah. game that they viewed that as a negative, that yeah. it was, man, you fouled out. How, what are we going to learn through this? Yeah. So again, like, and, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Well, and that's what, so kind of um, pivoting back towards the family aspect of it. What do I want for Piper? That's something that as a dad, I'm learning how to parent through. Yeah. So we'll take a practical two-year-old. She falls down. She skins her knee. So it, it's picking her up and going, hey, you're okay. This might have hurt a little bit. You experience some pain. How do you come out? Her leg's not broken. Right. Right? right. It's not a major, major ordeal. So how do you kind of go, oh, there's a step. 
I need to be cautious of that step. I need to be cautious of that adversity. Uh, but now I know how to walk down that step Absolutely. instead of fall down the step. Absolutely. Uh, so that's, you know, on the practical sense, it's even teaching, uh, Jenna and I are trying to teach Piper, how, how do you approach adversity? It's not, it's not if you're going to get hit in the jaw. It's when you're going to get hit in the jaw, right? Life, life throws some mean punches. And we've all experienced our fair share of those punches. Yeah. Um, it's if you can get hit in the jaw and keep moving forward and, and kind of stay in the fight. I, I, I think this is a challenge for me. I don't just, uh, I've always said, try to read as many dead people as possible. I don't, uh, like when it comes to theologies, specifically the way that I perceive God, I'm not trying to make fundamental changes in my thought process based off a guy who wrote a book last week. Yes. Um, but I will also tell you, uh, not not just to read dead guys, but speak to some people who have lived some life. Yes. yes. Talk to my dad yes. and my mom and hear the panic in their voice right now. And I'm just telling you, you're going to have to spend a long time talking and they hear any panic. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. They have an established understanding. If, if you call my mom right now and ask her what you're doing, she said, John, I'm doing what I always do. Right? So I say that because I think what we've done, and I know, I know we do this in parenting, but I'd go a step further. I think even with this pandemic, what we've said is, let me resource you so much that you don't have to think about what's going on right, right now. So like, uh, and this isn't a knock on anyone who's doing this, so please, but like churches have stepped in and said, now we've never done devotionals every day. But for some reason now, I'm going to fulfill every one of your, your biblical habits with all these devotionals because what I'm trying to do is get you to avoid the idea that you're actually having to navigate this pandemic, right? Mm. Uh, entertainment choices. If it's not Disney+, Plus, it's Yoo-hoo, uh, YouTube and YooHoo because that's good. Yeah. Um, that's a good combination right there. Some uh, YouTube. Disney, with a you who but, but between all the entertainment choices so instead of navigating how how this pandemic is 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 um shaping me and what god's trying to say through it all we have filled the void with entertainment in order to just kind of numb the pain instead of embracing and learning embracing yeah. and learning so i'm just going to numb it with as much content as humanly possible and what we're finding is, um, and we, we've had this conversation too, there's a fatigue to that. Eventually, your eyes get tired, your heart gets tired. There's only so much Zoom calls you can do. There's just yeah. so much you know, content that you can consume before I feel even spiritually that exhaustion steps in. And you have to do the work of navigating the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for this generation. I'm excited for our kids. I'm excited for Gen, Gen Z. I think they're going to, so what are they going to be on the other side of this? I think they're going to be tough. Yeah. That's one of the first. I remember uh, Cade, who is 13 now, but like when he was two and when he would uh, fall down with a skin knee and I know, don't tweet me, don't at me, don't email me. <laughs> I know I'm wrong on this, but I treated my boy and girl different. When Anna would get a skid knee, it was, come here, baby, and yeah. hold her. When Cade would skin his knee, I was like, you pop up, buddy. And the first thing that I taught him was a chest fist bump on the chest. <laughs> tough. Yeah. You know, right? Like, tough. Yeah. Tough. Tough. But I, I do, I want, my, I want my kids to be tough. Yeah, yeah. I want them to be able to take some stuff. And you think about your grandparents, your grandparents, yeah. my grandparents, the World War II generation, yeah. which was probably the last generation to go through a glow something global yeah, yeah. um 9-11 global but di but different um that 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 was a jet that was a tough generation had to be 
they had no choice. No choice. And so I think that as parents, like like parents, this I, I just really think this is gonna be encouraging to somebody of like, don't feel like you need to shield your your exactly. ch- child from everything. Now they don't need to know everything, right? Your five year old doesn't <laughs> need to know daddy's job is on the line and mommy and dad are stressed out about the bills. But um, hey, like let's not miss this opportunity as parents um, to uh, just allow the situation of the world to to toughen us up. So again. Um, what we're talking about is just the power of choice, the power of choice and the power to choose hope and these, uh, and these big picture ideas of what is the meaning of, of life. And are we living out of Freud who said life is primarily about a quest for pleasure? And I would again, argue that's been our last hundred years or Adler who says life is primarily about a quest for power. And we're, we're reading some dead guys here and saying, no, Victor Frankl speaks to us today that life is about a quest for meaning in the areas specifically two things are you doing um do you have somebody to love so very practically other other than jesus which we know we're all believers here on this on this podcast and that's our our framework is number one is jesus but then just practically after that what does that mean love caring for another person or uh number two do work doing work that matters um Zach, talk to somebody that is using this time to say, even if my job reopens on the other side of this, I don't know if I want to go back to that job. I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my yeah. life doing doing this. Like, what could somebody during this time begin to dream about their vocation? Yeah, I, I think that uh, if we're not careful, all of us, we get consumed with the rat race. And it's just getting to the top of the, the totem pole that, of the stream that we're in. Uh, and we forget that, that the world is vast, that the world is broad, that um, jobs are vast and broad. And, and you, hear, you hear individuals uh, teach on this and talk on it in, in several podcasts, do what you love. We even, say it, we even say in our groups at church, do what you love uh, with people you love. Right. Why not live your life that way? Yeah. Um, listen, if going in and, and punching some numbers in a spreadsheet drives you crazy, stop doing it. What we've done is we've taken our our salary and we've let our salary be our framework for the job that we wow. do in the life that we live. Wow. Uh, so we say, I make X amount of dollars and I have to make this money to live this lifestyle. Well, you don't you don't like the job and you really don't like the lifestyle. So why not why not reposition and pivot? Um, about three years ago. Jen and I had been married for uh, uh, about four years at that point, and, and I was in a job that I, I liked. Um, I didn't love. I, I didn't think it was a calling, and so we decided, "Hey, we can pick anywhere understand. on a map, and we can move." I didn't understand either, John. Uh, I did not understand. Uh, but, uh, but but for us, this podcast sponsored by Siri. Yeah. Don't say that too loud. It might go off. Again. So we did it. I mean, I, in a practical sense, we said, "Hey, we've always wanted to live in a city. Let's go live in a city. How do we make that happen?" And we positioned ourselves. Um, to make a life change um, and moved to Charlotte. And yeah. we lived in Uptown and I drove Uber and I worked for this organization called Apartment Life. I didn't have a, a real paycheck coming in week after week, but we hustled and we made it happen. And it was some of the most uh, influential moments, not just in my life, but in our marriage yeah. um, that propelled us to where, to where we are now 
in jobs that we love. Yeah. My wife was able to start a business and, yeah. and it was something that she loved. I was able to step into ministry, wow. something that I was a, felt called to do when I was 18. Yeah. But we had to make the decision to go, you know what? That salary looks really good. The house looks really good. But man, that's not what we want 20 years from now. Wow. John, it's, it's kind of same, same question. Like talk to the person. They're stressed out right now about losing a job. And Zach, I think that's a good differentiation. Probably... They're not stressed out about losing the job. Yeah. They're stressed out about losing the income. Paycheck. Because they hate the job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they complain about the job. Like, how can they use this crisis to pivot and start doing something that they love? I think, I think one of the things you got to remember is um, don't let the stress of this season blind you from the frustration you had before this season. Yeah. I think sometimes it's, oh my gosh, I don't, and, and this is a valid, it's a, people are struggling. Absolutely. So, like, yeah, no so yeah, yeah, not to negate the not reality negate of that. that. But don't let your struggle now um, diminish the fact that before the season, you might have even been praying, God, I need a shift. Yeah. I need a change. Absolutely. So to that person, I, I would say like, um, and, and Zach hit it, I'll hit it from a little bit more of a practical standpoint. Like, put it on paper. Sit Good. down. What are you? What what does downsizing look like? It's wow. been for, it's been wow. forced on us right now, yeah. right? Like so, there's and we're we're asking this question across the board for you know with people who are struggling financially, not just saying, well, uh, I'm gonna sit here and wait for someone to write me a check to move me past the season, but to think, okay, well, what does it look like to get into a smaller house? Wow. Yeah. What does it look like to get into one car payment versus two? Wow. What does it mean to? take a, uh, a, a, a job that pays me less but gives me more hours to build, you know, um, a lot of people talk about that nighttime hustle, right? Side like, hustle, baby. Um, yes. I, I, can, I can work for this job. It's going to be enough for this downsides life that I'm living, but I'm going to be able to dedicate X amount of hours to hustle and build that dream, that dream career. Because uh, there is a difference between a job and a career. Like yeah. that thing that you wake up and love doing. You don't have to wake me up to do what I'm doing yeah. right now. Like there's just a passion and a joy behind it. And there has been seasons, uh, quite honestly, even like in my personal life where I knew that God was calling me somewhere else for less pay. And I'm, you know, thank God I have the wife that I have looking her in the eye and saying, well, this is what God's saying. And she's like, well, let's do it. And, mm. you know, you go from owning a house to renting a house or you go from living on your own to living with family. Like there's some adjustments and sacrifices that you need to make. And I would say put it on paper so that you can, you know, scripture says count the cost. So I'm Doug Witherup. I'm with John Hernandez and Zach Witt. The entire bang room. We don't have any special talent, but we are passionately curious. Guys, that has been so good, so practical. And I really believe that this is going to help people during this season. Remember that you don't always choose what happens to you, but you do choose how you respond. Nobody has the power to take that from you. You choose. You can choose uh, hope for your family during this season, and you can choose hope for the future of doing work that matters during this season. And I believe that you are going to come out on the other side of this a year from now. Well, hopefully things will open back up sooner than that, but you'll look back on this, I yeah. should say, yeah. Yeah. a year from now, five years from now, and say, I wouldn't want to go through that again. 
but I'm so glad I did because I used that opportunity to make the adjustments in my life that were not surface adjustments, but that were foundational adjustments. I'm not gonna live my life anymore based on the pursuit of pleasure or based on the pursuit of power. I'm going to live my life based on the pursuit of meaning and do things that matter. Thanks again for joining us. Don't forget to like us, subscribe to us, all of those fun things. And we want to encourage you again to keep living a life that chooses discovery, curiosity, and adventure.